That's the voice of Old Lang Syne. Remember, he's a sea monster in our world. In the Don't Be an Idiom world, Old Lang Syne's a giant sea monster. I brought my hat. <laughs> he has a very, very healthy condition that we don't talk about. That's on just, air. He, he, you try going and talking underwater. You'd sound weird. He's talking out of water, he's used to the water. What's his voice like underwater? Beautiful. <laughs> very nice. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Happy New Year's or whatever, whatever, who cares? Yeah, is anybody even doing anything? No, or no, has anyone, did did anyone do anything? Today is New Year's Day. Yeah, did you do anything? I did not do anything. Well, I saw saw you. you. No, I saw you. I hope I saw you. (laughs) We're actually recording this on New Year's Eve. We're supposed to see, no, no, the day before New Year's Eve. No, people don't need to know that. We're supposed to see each other tomorrow. We will see each other tomorrow. But anything can happen. Ryan could be dead by then. That's true. Every day I wonder if today, if that day is going to be the day. Right. It's my first thought when I wake up. Is today the day? Could today be the day that I die? Please let today be the day. We're sure that everyone went back and listened to all the New Year's episodes. This is officially the third New Year's episode. Hell yeah. Because that's how we do. We do keep making New Year's episodes. How did how did you um how was your 2020? How did you feel about your year? Oof. I hate my job. Okay. My cat died. <laughs> right. And um <laughs> that sums it up. And but you know what? Other than those two things, I I kind of haven't minded. I mean, it sucks. It, Everything it, sucks. It sucks. Yeah. It, but for me, I felt pretty pretty unaffected by a lot of shit. Yeah. yeah how good. about you? What, how'd you feel? That doesn't matter. What, you're going to ask me how I feel, but you don't get to say how you feel? Yeah, that's feel? why I always ask the, that question first. Oh. Then I can dodge it. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it was great. It was great. I do want to say thank you to everyone who, is, who has continued to listen to Don't We want to say it. Yeah, we. I, we. I, we. When yeah. I say I, I mean we. Yeah, we know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, we know. Um, this was our best year. Yeah, we had more listens this year than we've ever had before. Our first year, we had we had a pretty good we had a pretty good amount. Yeah, and then the two years after that, when Ryan ran off on me, uh, we, we dipped down a little bit. Yeah, sorry. Probably because we weren't really doing anything. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> releasing like a, an episode a year, but now we came back strong and with a vengeance. Just, yeah, and thanks everybody for listening, and uh, it's really adding a lot to our lives. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Our yeah. Little lives. And we're gonna start doing. Um. We're gonna start doing. You know, episodes where you pay us to come to your country, and we record there. Yeah. So you know, you fly us out. Australia, uh, Belgium, United Kingdom, room and board, Taiwan, all the all the hot spots. Per diem. Per diem. Yeah. It'll be expensive, but if you get your country to, um, you know, like your government. Yeah, the governments have so much. money. Governments have so much money. Even when they say they don't. They do. They definitely do. Just take some away from the army. All right. We are going to talk about just some, we, we know about New Year's traditions here. What do we got here? You count down. 
you kiss somebody sometimes. You have, a new, you have your New Year's resolution. New Year's resolutions, uh, right? We've got the ball. Not everyone has the ball. The ball. Yeah. The time I like in, ball. Um, I like in, um, when we were in Barcelona, it, was, it wasn't a ball. It was like a, what was it, a bunch of clocks going oh, off? Yeah, right? yeah, like, you're right. Laser, laser clocks. They were oh. laser clocks. Yeah, that is... Seriously, New York. What's it called? New York Times has nothing on. Not New York on, Times. That's a newspaper. On, on, that's a newspaper. <laughs> Times they, Square. They wish. Times. New York's Times Square has nothing on Barcelona. Like you go out, there's a big square. They got they got places you can pee everywhere, mm-hmm. and they just In have the po- a laser show of of clocks and yeah. everyone's eating the grapes. We'll talk about that. But anyway, yeah. So what are some of the we we looked up some some New Year's traditions around the world. Before that, I got I just got to say what my yeah. mom always my mom oh, yeah, yeah. always thought it was a thing to hold a dollar during the like the countdown, and she never explained it ever. But I just have to relate it to when you talk about like. Chinese New Year mm-hmm. traditions, like having money, like like lottery tickets, things like that. Yeah. It means you're going to be lucky and money for the year. So I don't even think she really understood what she was doing, but I oh, she'll always, every year, be like, are you holding a dollar? I got to do that. I'm doing it. Because I've not had been that lucky. I've not had financial luck in a long time. Well, you've made a lot of risque moves. <laughs> risque or risky? <laughs> yeah, tax evasion and <laughs> moving to the different countries yeah, and all that sort of stuff. Well, I live on the edge. You got to live on the edge. Financially. Yeah. The financial edge. But there's stuff all over. The, the first one that we're going to talk about is make yourself some Hop and John for a, a New Year's Day dinner. And that's a, is it a stew? <laughs> it's a, a Hoppin' uh, John stew? Let's see, what goes in here? It's a dish of black-eyed peas, pork, and rice that you make on January 1st. And if you eat that, you'll experience luck and peace for the rest of the year. Oh, okay. And if you want extra luck, put a penny under the plate or add extra pork. I, you should probably do extra pork you and, know, and a penny. My mom, every New Year's Day, makes sauerkraut and uh, kielbasa. Hmm. Why does she do that? Why does she do that? I don't know. Is asked, that like a Pittsburgh thing? you ever talk thing? to your mother? <laughs> yeah, I talk to my mother. That sounds like it could be Pittsburgh. But it sort of sounds like Hoppin' John. What was the one? You talked about one where you keep a fish's scale in your wallet, right? You eat fish? In Germany, you yeah. eat... It's Sylvester... Oh, now I f- I'll forget it. It sounds like, like Sylvesterkampf or something. Yeah. But you eat carp. Some Carp's a fish, right? It is. <laughs> so Carpe eat, diem. Carpe diem. <laughs> So you eat some carp, and then you keep a scale from the carp in your wallet all year long for good luck. And if the scale falls out... Of the wallet? That's a bad luck. That's a bad luck? <laughs> well, yeah, hold on to your scales, people. Uh, let's see what we got. In Brazil, you can jump seven waves. Which, so it's probably right. warmer in Brazil than it is here. Which means but New every, Year's on the beach. New Year's on the beach, and for every wave that you jump, you get a wish. Nice. I like That's that. a good amount of wishes. Yeah. And now, if you call us up ahead of time and pay us prime dollar. We will uh, come to your lake come to your and lake. we will make waves. And yeah, we'll make so the waves. Make it easier. Are there a lot of lakes in Brazil? Uh, Probably. We can't all live next to the ocean. But we don't have to do it in Brazil. We can do it here. Right. So if you are inland and you have a little pond or a lake or whatever, call us and we will make waves for you. Seven. Seven. But you have to give us three of the wishes. <laughs> okay. Good. That's a pretty good deal. Good deal. Because otherwise you got nothing. Mm-mm. Right. So in Denmark, what they do is they smash plates on uh, doorsteps of their friends and family. And whoever has the most shards the next day is the luckiest. 
or <laughs> the, the most well-liked yeah. out of everybody. Hmm. I want to do this one this year. Okay, let's, we can, let's break I, some I plates. I hate my plates. My plates are boring. Yeah, let's break them. What about the 12 grapes? Tell them, Ryan. Oh, yeah. In Spain, you eat uh, 12 grapes, the 12 seconds leading to midnight, and you eat one grape a second. And uh, Albert and I have done this. We did this when uh, Albert came to visit me in Barcelona. Yeah, and you're supposed and to get a wish for each you grape. You get a wish for each grape. And, and what'd you, wait, what'd you wish for? All 12, I wished for our own TV show, <laughs> which really seemed, at that time, it seemed like it was a sure thing. Well, we had just filmed a pilot. Yeah. I think, like, literally two weeks later, right? We almost had a show yeah. on True TV. <laughs> almost had a show. It would have ruined the show. <laughs> but man, that would have been something. We right? were so close. So yeah, that was, those are my 12 wishes. How about uh, you? I wished... Uh, each of my wishes was that, was that Timmy would be gone, would go <laughs> twelve feet further away from me. <laughs> yeah. So first wish was like I want Timmy one feet, one foot further away. Second wish was uh, two feet further away, and just all the way down. Should do it. You should make it uh, times the first amount. So it's like, oh yeah, you know, then it's a compound two times three three dis- times four. Interest. Yeah, yeah. In yeah. Denmark, they jump off of chairs at midnight so that you can leap into January. And bring good luck and banish the bad spirits. Cute. In Colombia, they will take empty suitcases and run around the block as fast as they can. And it's supposed to give you a year filled with travel. Well, that, I just don't even bother doing nothing that. like this yeah, year. Don't bother doing that this year. Well, maybe you need that. Oh, well, maybe you need it. You know, because maybe it could You happen. think there's going to be traveling this year? Yeah. I don't think so. I think it'll be traveling this really? year. Really? Yeah. All right. I mean, it might not be good traveling. No. You think we'll be able to squeeze in a road trip? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I okay. do. I think we should definitely do that. All right. All right. Here's one that sounds like a new one. In upstate New York, they smash the peppermint pig. Uh, so they sell these peppermint pigs, apparently, up in upstate New York. And they these little tiny hammers. And everyone in your friends and family get to take a turn hitting it. And uh, that that gives you good fortune when you eat that piece for the next year. So we gotta we gotta make our own New our Year's own thing. tradition yeah. thing like that because right. that's you're making money off of that, right? We yeah, because that's that's new. That's new, right? All so right, what do we so do? We uh, like, don't be an idiom's New Year tradition, which is oh my god, we um, um it's got to be something you can sell board game. Something you can wear. Yeah. How about like a... How about... Like a big necklace of some sort. Okay. What's on it? What kind of necklace? Um, It's made of... What do you think is lucky? What do I think is lucky? Yeah, what do you think is lucky? Uh, I don't know. What do I think is lucky? Hmm. Like what? Like when something happens to me, I'm like... Like if you're just like, this is a lucky... This is a lucky charm here. Hmm. Or we can turn it into a charm. Uh, shark tooth? I was thinking teeth. <laughs> what about the don't be an idiom fangs of multiple animals necklace? I like you that. You get one. We do a 10 count, right? Yeah. So we do 10 animal fangs and you make a wish on each fang. Yeah. And if you get cut on one of the fangs and bleed. Gonna... Which you will. They are <laughs> They're very poorly sharp. made. <laughs> These are plastic. Yeah. <laughs> Then you get your wishes come true right. for the year. Right. So our thing is just going to have people just cutting themselves. But looking really cool. Yeah. With teeth necklaces. Yeah. 
I'm right. thinking I'm thinking Alex will make us something out of wood that we could sell. Or he could I feel like he could maybe make the the, the he could like look at different uh animal teeth and then carve little animal teeth out of wood. Right. Alex would love that. Remember he made us these elk tooth necklaces? Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember that? Right. Wait, no, those weren't they real teeth? They were it was a real tooth. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> All right, Alex. But he put it in string. Well, this, just go, Alex, just go get a bunch of your favorite, your your dealer's choice, whatever yeah, fangs Alex, you like the best. He's really good with wood. And so uh, he just promised right now that he's going to carve us a lot of animal teeth, necklaces, right. and we're going to get them to you before New Year's. Okay. Next New Year's. Love it. 2022. Great. The underwear. You wear different colors uh, underwear in Latin America for, what, for whatever you want this year. So you can get yellow. Underwear will give you luck. Uh, red is for love. And white is for world peace. That's fun. That's, That's a fun idea. It's a nice idea. I like that. All right, let's do this last All one. Right. Yeah, let's In get... Puerto Rico, they think if you dump a bucket of water out the window, it drives away evil spirits. Mm, I'll do that. Especially if your evil spirit is your neighbor who annoys you and it ices over. And, it ices and then up. they slip it up and <laughs> they're dead. And you spray pepper spray at their window. Yeah. <laughs> and what? burn the and house and down. And just light them on fire. All right, so look, people, get out there and do something different this year. Don't just kiss. Yeah, seriously, it's gross. <laughs> So gross. All right, let's get started. Let's see who goes first. Today, Albert, the Game Master, has brought us a hockey, it's a, a handheld hockey game. It's a hockey shot glass. Hockey shot slap, glass. Slap shot. Slapstick. Game. Game. So it's just like a little piece of shit that you just flick. <laughs> you flick the, <laughs> it's like these little shitty pucks at the, yeah. at the thing. And if you get them in, you got to take a shot. No, you yeah. don't have to take a shot. Yeah. Well, the we'll other just, person has to take a shot. We'll just take... What we're going to do is we each get three tries. We already have whiskey anyone, and beer here, so I don't think we need to take we're shots too, right? So now who goes first, though? Well, it doesn't matter, right? No, it doesn't matter. All right, you go first. All right, here I go. You're the game master. Here I go. Here I go. Here I go. Trying a different angle. Albert is not doing so well so far. This is his last puck. Yes! And you got, I got one. one in. All right. So Ryan needs one. Well, it's a tie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you understand how games work. But <laughs> so right. I got one. He needs I'm more than one. I'm pretty good at hockey. Mm, let me just see here. All right. This is a very cheap game. And that's... Did that go in and out or did it miss? All right, that means it's time for a shoot-off. All right, well... Motherfucker. We had a tie, one-to-one, uh, one, and then Albert was going, and then he broke it, so he uh, <laughs> he loses because he fucked up our he game. broke the game. <laughs> so, but it looked... It was really... It was really quite a game. Did we lose a puck, too? Yeah, and you lost a puck. You know what? <laughs> You know, it was supposed to be $8, and I only paid one, so I still look at that, that as a win. That was supposed to be $8? I know. No way. I know. That's, because that is like some... That's some shit. Serious right crap. But look, we got the shot glasses. All right, well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. The Game Master can't be on every day. No. That's true. All right, let me get set up here. 
All right. Well, I'll tell you what. Living in the city these days, you know, surrounded by all the hubbub. Hubbub? Is that a... Is that your idiom? No, it's not my idiom. Oh, I was going to say, that's good. <laughs> yeah. Um, but sometimes I just think that we should just get out there into, you know, the rural parts of the state. Yep. Like a couple of country bumpkins. Oh, just, yeah, you know, there it is. Farm it up. Okay. Country bumpkin. You're a, you are a uh, kind of a... Not the sharpest. You're just kind of like you're a good old country boy. You're just a simpleton <laughs> a little bit. Good old country boy. You just you you live in the simple life. You just right. You're not. Yeah. Not very I mean, right. Not yeah. Simpleton's okay. It is technically it's a, it's offensive to people that are live outside the cities. <sighs> what isn't? <laughs> but like, I was gonna ask you like, can you really offend someone just because they live out in a rural area? People call, I mean, that, that's like so, calling someone a city slicker. That's equally as offensive as calling someone a country bumpkin, isn't it? Well, yeah, but a city slicker, even if you're trying to be negative, it's like they're slick. But they're like, uh, oh, yeah. That's the thing. It's like but a city slicker like, doesn't know how to like work or like right. do anything. Oh, it is right? city you know? slicker. But then, you know, the city slicker is always like, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> like, at least I'm banging supermodels. <laughs> well, Billy Crystal ain't. Uh, he's not? Oh, maybe he is. <laughs> he probably was, at least for a while. Oh, yeah. That's... Uh, maybe he was. What are we uh, talking about? City... Oh, City Slickers <laughs> the movie. Yeah. yeah. Classic. <laughs> is John Lovitz in that? He's in the second one, definitely. <laughs> which was great. So, a country bumpkin, the definition, an unsophisticated or socially awkward person from the countryside, or an awkward and unsophisticated rustic. Right. Those are the two definitions I've got sure. for country bumpkin. This is a this is a uh, phrase you've heard though, right? Definitely. Definitely. Okay. So um, I don't know. This has been. I don't know why. I I just like I've been thinking about this. I, I like this. I've <laughs> thought about this word for a long time. And I I I just felt like today was the day. I just need to get out of the way because I keep I keep on coming back to it, and I'm like, all right, I just gotta get. I just gotta country bumpkin. I like it. All right. Where do you think this comes from? All right. It is the advent of farming mm-hmm. in America. I'm thinking 1600s. Is that low or high? Um, well, when, just starting to be farmers. Sure. I mean, people people were here from Europe in the 1600s, <laughs> of course. So there's so 1601, and they're they're they're, they're like they're learning a thing or two from the Native Americans. Yeah, yeah, and they're like, okay, let's steal all this shit and let's yeah. let's do let's it. Steal the land. So the big thing, big thing is, you know, they all want the they want pumpkins, pumpkins. Let's get those pumpkin pies. Pumpkin, it's it's going to be pumpkin, Thanksgiving pumpkin, before pumpkin. you know it. So, so this kid, uh, <laughs> this kid, Jeremy. He's just like Jeremy Spokane. God, Pearl Jam's so depressing. <laughs> Never got into them. You don't need to. It's, no, it's okay. Anyway, uh, so Jeremy was living on his family's farm, sixteen oh one, and he's like, "Well, I'm gonna have the biggest pumpkin. I'm gonna do it." So he spends he just all of his time working on different fertilizers. Mm-hmm. He's going to all the different animals and grabbing up all the shit. Yeah. And then he's got this pumpkin and it's getting mighty big. Yeah. Right. 
And, you know, it's almost Thanksgiving and then the fair is coming and it's like blue ribbon for the first, for the biggest pumpkin. Everyone's doing that. So he's like, he goes out there the morning of the fair and he's like, it's time to cut the vine. You know, and then he's he's like, yeah, and he's carrying it over his head, and he's like, look at this, this is a winner right here. Yeah, and um, he's he's like get, getting it over to the. Well, there's no trucks back in the 1600s. <laughs> he's got the, cart, the, the horse, horse cart. cart, and he's just about to load it on, and then he realizes he's like, oh, no, he he gets a pullback, and it's like, Doing, and he's like, I forgot to cut the vine, and he falls back, boom, pumpkin on the head. Stuck on the head, and then his dad's like, Stuck on the head. <laughs> he's like, "Well, son, I never liked you that much. I was hoping that this blue ribbon would change things, but we're not missing an opportunity like this." So he loads him on the truck, yeah, cuts the vine, right, and then everybody's at the fair, and you know, there's there's the pumpkins on display, yeah, and yeah. Then Jeremy is standing there, whoa, with the pumpkin on his head. And the worst part is he didn't even win. He got runner up, (laughs) runner up. And then they were always like, well, that's a country pumpkin right there. And then etymologically, boy, boy, pumpkin, boy, pumpkin. pumpkin. Yeah. Jeremy's the boy pumpkin. He is the living boy pumpkin. The living boy pumpkin. That could not live up to his father's <laughs> expectations. He let him down. Way down. <laughs> wow. That's really uh, yeah. that's great. I mean, come on. Like, if you don't think of pumpkin with bumpkin, something wrong with your... Well, right, because the bumpkin. word bumpkin is not in... We don't have a word. Right. No one's using the word bumpkin. No. So, what the frig? Uh, that's wrong. Boom. But I really, I, I, I'd like to see a picture of Jeremy. Yeah. Of course, there were no cameras back then, but. But they, there was a sketch artist that was all right. drunk. We'll, we'll, we'll have someone draw <laughs> yeah. it up for you all. Draw it up. So, uh, country bumpkin uh, has nothing to do with pumpkins. That's insane. Which, yeah, is pretty surprising. Turnips. No vegetables are involved. That's insane. And. Um, it's it's more actually more popular in Britain than it is in America, because in America, all right, all right, because <laughs> in America we're more likely to use the word yokel, like a local, local yokel. yokel, or hick or hillbilly hayseed. There's a lot of words that are associated with you know, uh, yeah, being rednecks. Oh, yeah, say oh. <laughs> yeah, this you can is still the, say that. Yeah, <laughs> you can say redneck. You definitely right? can. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> we, we, we've we've seen the influence of country bumpkins on on the United States of America. Yeah, I think it's perfectly okay to talk happen. about all the different yeah. words we can use. Um, so one of the reasons that I I think that that this phrase became popular in America was there was a really big country song in the seventies called "Country Bumpkin." Okay, and it was uh, performed by Cal Smith, and it was the number two Cal s- Cal. C-O-W. C-A-L. Oh, man. You see, he could, cow, he could have been a cow. He should have he been. Like a, right. right. Like a moo. And uh, it was the number one hit for a week. Wait. On the country chart. Oh, the country <laughs> chart. Okay. <laughs> but, you know, in the 70s, people, there's a folk revival. Well, sure. You know, you know the, the, the real, but it's like, not like the, kind it's of It's not like the I real, guess. it's not like on the regular working <laughs> 
working in the city. No, it wasn't on the it's city not the charts. It's not, yeah, it's not the billboard. And it was like, and she said, hello, country bumpkin. And it was like that. And then what? Uh, I forget the rest of the words. Okay. I listened to it once. But, you know. Some, but she liked him. She liked him, yeah. That's nice. Yeah, a rural... <laughs> <laughs> There's three verses. Okay. The first, a rural gentleman walks into a bar. One of the girls sees him and says, Hey, country bumpkin, I want to talk to you. The second, they get married and she gives birth to their son. The third is 40 years later and she dies while the husband and the son are present at her bedside. And she's singing the song. And she's like, I'm dying slow, country bumpkin. Goodbye, my country bumpkin. (laughs) There's been other man. (laughs) Yeah. But I I don't know if that's why it's... I don't know. People love death. (laughs) Yeah. People love death. Um, so there's there's British origins here. Okay. We British hey, farms, huh? Don't be an idiot. We, what do you think? Well, they started. They're all about the gardens, the English garden. Yeah. Right. Farm garden. The farm. <laughs> Listen, the English. I, I will be. I maybe I'm not the only one out there, but like when what? I think of when I think of the, the English and the British, I don't think of farms. Albert, the English countryside. I, sheep. Yeah, sheep. Sheep is are on a farm. No, but not lettuce. <laughs> You know, they're making cabbages and carrots, and they've got their They might yams. be accidentally growing plants. Listen, who do you think came over here and started making all of the American farms? The British. I know. <laughs> what about um, Curse of the Were-Rabbit? You never seen that? Oh, yeah. I think I did, actually. It's all about that. farm, uh, you know, dueling farmers. That's cool. <laughs> it is. That's cool. Wallace and Gromit. Oh, that's, that's, yes. I love Wallace and Gromit. Uh, well, anyway, thank Jeez, Jeez. Gloomy. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, thank you to our British listeners thank out you there. For inventing farming. Yeah, for inventing nice. farming and for also inventing the word bumpkin, which has been around, well, it was first put to paper in 1570. So right, it was, was probably close. around I said 1600. That. That's true. You were close in, that, right. in that respect. Um, <laughs> Only in that respect. <laughs> in that one single respect. So this is the weird thing that the word bumpkin is a... Is a name that the English had for the Dutch, and people loved making up nicknames for the Dutch. Yeah, why is that? They must have thought they were like simple or something. Well, this is this this is what's crazy. They got the good life. This is what's crazy to me is that the English had this name for the Dutch. They called them bumpkins, and they portrayed them as small, comic, and tubby, and. That's weird because that the, the Dutch are the tallest people in the world. Interesting. They, they have an average height of five foot 11. Well, maybe they all, st- oh, maybe they all stayed in hmm. Deutschland. Deutschland. That's Germany. Maybe just the ones that came. That's Germany. Maybe just the runts came to England. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so that's why they thought they were tubby. Like they so, couldn't cut it. Oh, I see. In, I see. Out in yeah, because I, I tried to find. A, I was like looking up. Like, why did the English think the Dutch were small and tubby? <laughs> it's like, but you're right. Maybe they. Well, maybe it was just a the, thing where they were like they kicked out the runts and they, they're like, you go to uh, you go to England. Or maybe they were so the pond. far off in the field, like in the distance. They were yeah, like, they, they seems- look so I look small. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they're like, and it might be tummy crushing your head. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, that's probably because they don't want to get near them. Because you know, like people, you know. I thought maybe might not be that inviting. I thought that maybe that the English were jealous of the Dutch that's what I mean. because they were so tall. 
reverse psychology. Yeah. You know, yeah. 16th century English, they were probably extra pale, right. extra short, because right. everyone was shorter back then. And um, I don't know. It's, it's kind of kind of interesting. But uh, so there's, there's a couple of Dutch words. There's boomken, which meant little tree. Okay. And boomakin, K-I-J-N. Similar to boomkin. Yeah, it's, it's so similar <laughs> that I felt like I should probably just say it differently. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which was a Dutch word for little barrel. So little tree, little barrel, um, and they call the Dutch boomkin. Okay. Oh, bumpkin. There you uh, go. Yeah, country Got bumpkin. It. Got it. So uh, for a long time, it was just like specifically directed at Dutch. And then, you know, 200 years go by and... We start to just mean like a stupid fellow. Yeah. Someone who's just out in the countryside. Well, you assume that they're, they don't know what's going on because they live in the country. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah. But they could be really smart. They could be very smart. I'm they sure. Could be like Goodwill hunting. Uh, Never saw Well, it. he was in a city. <laughs> yeah, but he could have come from the country. Ah. <laughs> plus, he was be, hunting plus for he was a city hunting. <laughs> right, for yeah. more knowledge, like input. Oh, yeah, yeah, Johnny, yeah. Johnny number five. Johnny number five. <laughs> short circuit. <laughs> yeah, short circuit too. This is, really, this is all about short circuit too. <laughs> Everything comes back to short circuit too. So, uh, Bumpkin was part of the English language from the late 1500s to the 1700s. And then in 1774, Lord Chesterfield added the, the word country before Bumpkin. Excellent. And, and he, you know. And he thought that that was a way of making Bumpkin even worse. He said, a country Bumpkin is ashamed when he comes into good company. Ooh. And from then on, Country Bumpkin just was part of the language. Well, you know, uh, Lord Chesterfield's ale is a, a yingling product, I believe. Oh, My yeah. dad used to tell me, he's like, oh, you ever had Lord Chester? You drink a yingling, you gotta get your Lord Chesterfield. Oh, right. We should... Uh... Yeah, it's we not, get it's some not chest- great. <laughs> but, <laughs> it's not but, they, but they make it. Right, well, so it's relevant. Yeah. All right. So for next episode, we'll get some Lord Chesterfield yeah, we ale, and we'll we'll, we'll cheers to the country bumpkins. Right. Yes. And we'll give it a rating, and you know how accurate we are here. Don't be an idiot. Yes, we are. Uh, so I I wanted to jump just jump, like use the umbrella of country bumpkin to just touch upon some other please other. Rural simpleton words that are very offensive, I'm sure. Yeah, I guess so. But I'm pretty sure that, you know, white rural people have lost, they've lost the, um, they can't complain. Fight. <laughs> you well, know, like, not to mention, you know, I think it's always been this thing of the city versus the rural folk yeah. where it's like, you know, you, you can be like, they both think that, that the other doesn't got it going on. So, like, right. you know, the, if if you're rural, you can make fun of the city, and the city make fun of the rural. And neither of them care because they both think that they've got it right. Right, and we we are. I mean, we love. We slide through both. We slide we through. Like, we like both. Right. We are really in betweeners. We are in betweeners because you know this is like you can't get it all in one. It's not a one stop shop. No, life is not a one stop shop. No, no human is a one stop shop. You got to get a little bit. Hugh woman. Exactly. <laughs> For example. Exactly. Or a trans hue. <laughs> trans hue. <laughs> or a non-binary hue. Right. Whatever you hue like, we we lo- we support. We can all agree that 2020 was the country bumpkins of years, right? Yes. This, yes. It was the bumpkin of, of all years. Of all years. Um, so Herman, so I'm, I'm going to touch upon hayseed first. Because have you heard that before? Yeah, like someone's hayseed, a hayseed. Yeah. So Herman Melville 
Uh, I know that name. Well, Moby Dick. Of course. The most American of American authors. He he invented, like he coined the word hayseed. And uh, he had, he had uh, preceded it with country bumpkin, actually. He said, a country bred downright bumpkin would fare badly in a storm at sea. Ah, poor hayseed, how bitterly will burst those straps in the first howling gale. So well, yeah, they're not. You're not going to be good at the, on the sea if you're a farm boy. So then I was thinking, like, yeah. So then you got like city city boys. You got your sea boys, and you got your farm boys. Farm boys definitely aren't going to handle the sea well. No. So so that's a, so this so the seamen call <laughs> <laughs> the seamen call the rural boys hayseeds. Right. So then then there's that too. Everyone thinks they've got it right. Right. And they they don't. Then there's yokel. Oh yeah, and local yokel. Local yokel. This is, uh, I guess, more popular I like in America. And maybe they, maybe they use this in Britain. I'm not sure, but it's more of an American thing. And uh, they're not. This has uncertain uh, history to it, but it's also from the late 1800s. And uh, that apparently that it might come from a word in from England that meant a green woodpecker. So, Interesting. So I looked up what a yokel looked like for you. That's the that's the oh. green woodpecker that in England was what's called so wrong with a yokel. That guy? Well, nothing's wrong with it, but uh, people from the city, if they were to come into the country, like you, you probably wouldn't come across woodpeckers sure. very often, right? So then you'd associate the woodpecker with with, country. with yeah. country boys, and then you'd be like a yokel, right? There's a yokel. I see a person here. There, yokel. Local yokel. Do you know that woodpeckers can wrap their tongues around their brains when they're pecking the no. thing to like insulate <laughs> no. so they don't get concussions? The fuck are you yeah, serious? Yeah, no, that's serious. Yeah, my brother did some woodpecker research. <laughs> they wrap their tongues yeah. around Inside, their brains. In their, yeah, they're like, they, they wrap it around and it creates like a, like wow. in, you know, it's like a, it's like protects their brain. Think about what their heads are doing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Isn't that my. cool? It's very cool. Yeah. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, no, they're awesome. All right, well, maybe we should talk more about, more about woodpeckers. <laughs> um, Hick. That's a classic. Which is a classic. That's Hick. Um, this also comes from Britain. You know, Dick is short for Richard. Mm-hmm. And apparently Hick used to be short for Richard, too. Oh, shit. So cool. when you when you kind of like use the diminutive form of someone's name, that's something more like a rural person might yeah. do. You know, you wouldn't say like Lord Dick. You could. You could. Or Spotted Dick. Spotted. Which we gotta get some of that what on is the show. Spotted Dick. I think it's like a dessert, uh, like an English dessert. Oh. Doesn't sound very good. Hmm. Yeah, we're down. Yeah, Please we will eat it. Send our send, p- send us your Spotted send Dick. Send us your Spotted Dick to our PO box. Spotted Dick picks. Um, and then I'm I'm kind of done here, but like. Uh, yeah, what do you want? To, what would you rather know about hillbilly or redneck? Both. Well, hillbilly is uh, lives in the hills, right? Yeah, that's like obvious. It's the place hill. Yeah, and then it's another shortened name like Billy Hick, boy. Billy. Yeah, Billy a boy. These are all from the late eighteen hundreds. Redneck. That's just from being out in Sunburn, the sun. Right. Yeah, is that is that what that comes from? Exactly. Like getting, yeah. Yeah, and then I was like, who are some of the most famous country bumpkins? And Jeff Foxworthy. Well, Jeff Foxworthy is definitely a famous <laughs> pumpkin. But, um, you know, we've got... Uh, He's pretending, though. Cletus Delroy Montfort Bigglesworth Spuckler, a.k.a. Cletus the Slack-Jawed Yokel. Yokel! Wait, from... The Simpsons! The Simpsons! Yes! <laughs> I love him! He's a famous yokel. 
He's great. Cousin Eddie from Christmas Vacation. Oh, yeah. The Clampets from Beverly Hillbillies. Yep. Joe Dirt from David Spade. Uh, yes. That's David Spade's character. Yes. Uh, and then, of course, America's most beloved yokel, Ernest P. Worrell. Yes, who was also one of the Beverly Hillbillies. Oh, in the, in the remake movie. of the movie. He You're right. Like the, the dad or whatever. Yeah, I right? forgot about that. Oh, man, I just watched Ernest Rides again the other night. Oh, man. Albert and I love Ernest. Love Ernest. Yeah, he, I, I, was, I was doing some research on him, and uh, apparently the Worrell family hails from Kentucky. Did you know sure. that? No, I know. I actually know very little about my hero. And uh, what's his name? Uh, James Vernon? Vernon? Uh, yeah. Jim Vernon. Right? Jim Varney. Jim Varney. Fuck. Yes. So Jim Varney's from Kentucky and all of his, because he, he's played all of these family members of Ernest too, and they're all from Kentucky. Oh, are those like his, he does a lot of impressions. And those are all supposed funny to be different to think that family they are his members. family members. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the family members who I had not heard of, which maybe you have. Is Dingus Worrell. Okay. And uh, we've talked about ding bat, ding ding dong, ding bat, dingus Dingus on here before. Dingus is a favorite word of don't be an idiom. And uh, Dingus Worrell is a potato. Okay. (laughs) Who Ernest says came over during the potato famine. Wow. And went on to become a yam magnate. He's a, I think he's, he's a smart guy. (laughs) Yeah, man. Ah. Yeah, rest in peace. Rest in peace. I know. That's just like another one I won't meet. Him and Drop Dead Fred. Oh, right. It's a damn shame. It is. God, those two guys. Beautiful men. Beautiful men. Uh, and then very, I, I would say like, you know. Definitely helped Inspirational. Mold us <laughs> yeah, for very both of us. deeply. That's true. You take, if you take Ernest, um, Drop Dead Fred, and the cast of The Kids in the Hall, that's yeah. pretty much my that's, that's where you personality. Get it. <laughs> yeah, right. That's where it all comes from yeah. right there. Yeah. Um, and uh, so besides that, I also did this this Merriam-Webster words of the same year thing. Oh, yeah. I like these. I emailed Merriam-Webster. I was like, hey, <laughs> this is Ryan from Don't Be an Idiom, and uh, how would you like to partner? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. a little alternative. And? <laughs> and they haven't written back. Yet. Yet. <laughs> That way we could do. Like, this is pretty big, that we could do. Pretty big deal this for section us. is sponsored by Merriam-Webster. Webster. They need to See? break in. They gotta get hip. They yeah. need us. <laughs> yeah, real. Merriam. Um, so here are a few words that came out the same year as uh, bumpkin, crack brain, cool, flea bite, okay, peephole, oh, shifty. I like that one. And legendary. Wow. Legendary, huh? Yeah. That's I'm going to go with Shifty as my favorite. That's a good one. Yeah. 1570, great year. Wow. I like that. That that should be a segment, the words that came out in the same year. I know. We could, listen. We can, we can do that. If And listen, I'm just doing this for free right now, but I'll do it for the right price. Right. Next hey, episode. Hey, we'll both do it. Yo. Yeah. Come on. You know you've been fighting with the OED for long enough. You want to get that. Bring it up a level. You want to bring it up a level. We but, can make this happen. Because you have been the OED's bitch for way yeah, too dude, long. definitely. People <laughs> pay to use the, the Oxford English Dictionary, right? That's because it's the good ones. That's the, yeah, they know. Yeah. So, so this will get you up. We'll, 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 yeah. We'll, we'll help you. Title fight. A title fight. All right, well, that's the way the cookie crumbles for me. All right. Very well done. And uh, we will be right back. Back.
Yokey, welcome back. back. That song was Cut of Your Jib by Run With The Kittens, a band from Canada that tunes off their album Casio Glue Bomb. Cool. Guys, love it. Yeah, pretty fucking cool. Thanks, more, guys. More kitten shit. Love it. Yeah, we. Uh, if you want to check out the history of Cut of Your Jib, you can go to episode... 17, Dancing Queen. 17. That was the Garfield Pirate Megasode, which we recorded... Um, before we went to Japan, because we, we didn't Japan. want to leave you guys high and dry. Yeah, so nice of us back in 2018, 17. We said lasagna. <laughs> <laughs> too much, probably. Yeah, definitely too, too much. much. But it was so fun. Ah, the good old days. Well, all right, my turn. Right, the other day we were talking about the Clune, George yeah. Clooney. George Clooney. And it made me think, I was like, man, Ryan's a dead ringer. For George Clooney. A dead ring? With cancer. <laughs> no one has ever said, I'm a dead ringer for George Clooney. Yeah. Well, but you are. You're dead. You're dead ringer. That's my idiom. Oh, wow. This is a, you know what's funny? De- dead ringers is a movie with Jeremy Irons, who is Oh, the- no. That's that fishing village out in... <laughs> Slitherines, or... get out of here! <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, of course. That's why I did it. Uh, Dead Ringers. What happens in the movie? Um, it's about twin brothers who are, uh, I think, gynecologic gynecological really? surgeons. Okay. It's a David Cronenberg, uh, and he's the director who did The Fly. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, it's weird. I'll bet it's weird. They they have they have some issues. Okay. But there's some really cool surgical tools in there and there's some cool costume Great. design and it's very twisted. It's a thriller. Sure. And uh yeah, so you can check that out. All right. Well, I, that's that's one of the movies that I was going to suggest that we uh pitch to Mahoning Drive-In Theater. Oh yeah, let's do it. Like, hey, let's let's do movies that are idioms. Dead ringers. Let's focus on vaginas. It will focus on vaginas. <laughs> They'll be like, we love it. We love it. We love it. We love it. Uh, anyway, so, so what's the meaning of dead ringer? A dead ringer is someone who looks exactly like you. Yeah. Yeah. How did that become? A person or thing that looks very like another or a double. Yeah. Dead yeah. How did that become? The or- Where's the origin? Yeah. That's, yeah. that's crazy. Right. I've never really thought about this. Well, no, me neither until then I did when I was doing all this research. Okay, so I'm going to I'm going to go to the uh I'm going to go to the 1600s of England for okay. this. Which I guess is is pretty much where my idea came spot. from. It's a safe spot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, hey, and listen, I don't want to, you know, I go to England a lot because just a lot of English idioms come from England. Yeah. Ryan loves England. He's always I don't going love there. Well, I do like England. That's nice. <laughs> but I just... that's Weather's just... shitty. <laughs> well, I mean, Philadelphia is pretty fucking shitty. What, you don't like smog land? <laughs> All right, so in the 1600s in England, mm-hmm. it was very popular for acting troops to travel from village to village. And one of the most popular troops 
had a jester in there. Mm-hmm. Covered, you know, he had the jester hat, lots of bells. Yes. You know, his even his costume had some bells on it too. So you I, always he, know when a jester's coming. He just jingle jangles right on right. through. And uh, one place, um, uh, Sheffield, Sheffieldington, yeah, which was a small village. I don't know if it's there anymore. Don't look it up. Don't, don't you dare look it up. <laughs> um, they had they had their own jester there. Yeah, and uh, he was, but he just like work. He just like worked regular. He was committed to his craft. Yeah, well, I mean, actually, he just looked like a jester, but he just... He wasn't a he jester. He, like, helped the butcher out. Oh, okay. So, so, but he, you know, if you were to look at him, you'd be like, that's a jester, but actually, he was just, like, cutting... This is the pork. only clothes he had. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, this troop kind of came into town, and and uh, and this the, the jester that was from the troop happened to look a lot like the, the butcher jester guy. Oh, and um, they're they're both very paunchy, yeah, definitely. and <laughs> very pale, right? Um, no facial hair, nope. But a lot of bells and um, piercing eyes, right? Uh, and anyway, um, the the butcher jester, you know, he was essentially born a jester. I mean, from when he was a baby, he yeah. had, he had bells and stuff, and and he wore hats and stuff, and he just didn't know. I don't think he really ever had the chance to explore what was this like inherent sort of quality in him. And when this troop came by, he goes, "Wait a minute, that guy right there. I relate to this guy, and he like looks a lot like me, and I just feel like we're wearing the same it's thing." Bells. And, and he went up to him, and he goes, "You know, hey, I what do what." You're an actor. You're you're part of this troop. You got bells. What say you? And the jester was a huge asshole. Oh yeah, I'm sure. And he was I'm... smoking a cigarette. He's like, get it, you know, get the fuck away from me, kid. <laughs> <laughs> and this is in the seven... Get out of here. <laughs> this is in 1600s in England. He's like, yo, back the fuck off. What are you doing? <laughs> Take a long walk <laughs> off a short pier. <laughs> right. But those piercing eyes and the village (laughs) and the village jester boy was stunned, hurt. Village jester butcher boy. Village jester butcher boy. Right. Was stunned, hurt, um, bitter, everything, confused, and he was like, "Yo, I don't need this. (laughs) I don't need this shit at all. I got my meats. (laughs) I got my meats. I got my bells." I got me butcher friend and uh, got my meats and my mates, got me meats, got me mates. And uh, he, but what he did was uh, as he was mulling it over throughout the day, he started sharpening his butcher knife. Oh, he said, you know what? Screw this. (laughs) Screw him. Screw this village. Screw everything. And he went to the tent, the striped, beautiful striped tent. And he chopped that jester's head off. Off. No Chopped more head no more and head in the jester <laughs> like it. <laughs> and the only difference between the two was the the uh, the troop jester had like a little cape cape thing. So he put that cape on, and uh, he just slid right into the place. Into the, yeah, yeah. And he just like dragged the dead body of the jester into a crick, 
a nearby crick? No, he could bring it to the butcher and then the they butcher. could use the meat. That's right. They brought it. He, he brought could it wash to the it in the crick first. We washed it in the crick, brought it to the butcher to use for meat. And Papa Butcher was like, this guy looks just like you. <laughs> and then he's like, how'd you do that? <laughs> and as they were like putting his body on the butcher block, um, all the bells were ringing, and he's like, "We got here a dead, dead ringer. ringer, nice." And then that was it. You got a little prince in the palm purr there in that oh, one, right? It was a little pompy. <laughs> yeah, sure, it's good. Yeah, I like that guess, but it's not where that came from. Okay. All right. Well, the first thing I wanted everyone to know before we get to start on what it is to be a dead ringer, it is not the about grave thing. It's not about being buried alive. Yeah. We're not in a saved by the bell situation. Yeah, I've heard about that. Yeah. I've thought about researching that one. Not not much meat on the bone. No, I've seen it before. Yeah. Well, too. why don't you tell people where some people think dead ringer comes from? Well, so yeah, so dead ringer people think maybe that it's so saved by the bells, they're People used to be very afraid of being buried alive because it happened a lot. Mm-hmm. So um, among many other things, they would have like a device rigged with a string and a bell to uh, people that were buried alive. Did they actually have those? Yeah, they did yeah. have them. Um, there was also people that were buried with like these like windows inside of the, in the coffins or um, like elaborate kind of like exits that you could get out of if you if you That's woke insane. up and but because yeah there was a lot of people buried alive yes but it, it's not about that it's not about the bell okay that rings to have the uh the graveyard guy come and dig you up all right so what's it about it actually comes from 19th century horse racing oh yeah so a ringer is basically when you had a horse substituted for another that was like similar looking mm-hmm. in order to defraud the bookies. What? So in 1882, the Manitoba Free Press wrote this, quote, a horse that is taken through the country and trotted under a false name and pedigree is called a ringer. Huh. So they actually kind of like, Full, like for some reason, the Manitoba Free Press is like, ah, you know, there's this thing out there. We're it's deciding. The yeah. You know, they're and kind of doing our job. They're making in idioms. In the moment. Yeah. They're making idioms. This is who we need to talk to. Yeah, the Manitoba Press. Yeah. Yeah, this is kind of, so they just decided to call that a ringer? Yes. But you might huh. ask yourself why. Yeah, I would. Right. All right. So a ringer used to be somebody who rang bells, especially in church. Mm -hmm. And in the 1600s, they used to do this thing called ringing the changes, which, you know, like back in the old days, they just had like the bell on the rope and you're ringing the bell Mm -hmm. and it only does one thing. Yeah. But when they, it evolved where they had this like ringing wheel, the bell was on like a wheel, um, you could ring these like patterns of bells that included all variations and then brought it back to its ringing starting point. So in the 18th century, they, they also, there also was this term ringing the changes, which meant substituting counterfeit money for good money. Mm. So it's believed that that's where a ringer was where you're substituting. So they took the money thing and they apply that to the horses. Yeah. So you kind of start with church bells then you go to the counterfeit money thing, and then they, they ended up calling that I see. a ringer. I see. All right? Um, but what about the dead? Why is it a dead ringer? Right. right? Yeah. Thoughts? Questions? Uh, 
What dead ringer? Because the horse is alive. It has to race. <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine. Well, in the 16th century, another meaning for dead was just that it meant exact or precise. So it was just kind of added on there. Oh, to like, like dead set yeah. on dead, doing something. Yep. Dead center, dead shot, dead heat, dead ahead, dead right, and dead wrong. Just means exact. Oh, dead wrong. Right. Yep. Dead wrong right. Dead wrong right. Yeah. The first time it was ever in print was in 1888 in the Oshkosh Weekly Times. Oshkosh Bagosh? <laughs> what the fuck is the deal with that? <laughs> Wasn't that like a baby clothing Wasn't in the 80s? Wasn't it like yeah, babies, like overalls or something? Yeah. Do they still make that? I, wh- What's Oshkosh? What the fuck? That... Like, as a child, I was annoyed by the name of that. Yeah. I mean, I think I had some Oshkosh I probably overalls. We probably all had it, right? Yeah. I think it's like what Chucky wears, basically. The basically, evil yeah. doll Chucky. The evil... <laughs> Is there another For Chucky? For those that you don't know. Well, some people don't know the what's Chucky going cheese. on. Hey, Chucky Chase! Um, all right, so Oshkosh. So in the Oshkosh Weekly Times, uh, there was they were writing a uh, like a court report of a man who was charged with being very drunk. Mm-hmm. And here's what they wrote. Quote... Mm-hmm. That R is a makeable semblance be show, said Hart, looking critically at the picture. That's a dead ringer for me. I never done seen such a semblance. That's, that's a dead that's, ringer for that's me. That's a dead ringer. That's the first time. Oh, so like an exact ringer. Yep. Like, so the, the horse was so similar to the yeah, other horse. It was exact, yeah. It was a dead ringer. Yeah, because you, so, like, I guess they used to parade the horses around. They'd be like, sure. bet on this horse, bet on this horse. Yeah, and they'd yeah. be like, that thing looks shitty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then, so then, like, the odds would be really low or high. I always get that, I always get that wrong. But, you you know, like, they'd be like, get that thing 100 to 1 or whatever. Then they bring in the horse that looks exactly like it, only it's a stud. And then it wins. And then the odds are so, you know, right, you, you, get, you make all this money. Yeah. It's all yeah. about the money. Yeah. So that's it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So it's really, it's like taking dead from over here mm-hmm. and taking ringer from over here yep. and combining yeah. them. And they both kind of... And was that the first mention in that, in that newspaper? Yeah. And... Like, so the ringer for the horse thing, and then, and then dead, like the dead got added on like almost immediately after, like they all, they kind of came together around the same time period. That's very useful to know. Right? Yeah, it is good. Right? Yeah. I would have thought it was a boxing thing. I did think boxing momentarily, but then I still couldn't think like how dead came into we could Play. knock him out at the bell, the knock dead, dead ring. Yeah. Dead ringer, but then the looking similar. Just didn't get that. Right. Well, you got to just, you just got to do what I said. Yeah. <laughs> How about some fun facts? How about it? What do you got for us? What I thought was very interesting is that there's this whole history of church bell ringers mm-hmm. that it's, it's got a rich history. I thought you'd like to know about that. So before I mentioned, in the 1600s, that's when they started getting these bells on these wheels that made it a lot more exact. You could do a lot more with the bells other than ding dong, ding dong. <laughs> like whole songs. Whole so- Well, yeah, yeah. Like lots of variations, right? Yeah. That's when this thing called change ringing was invented. Because I remember I, like ringing the change I mentioned yeah, before. Yeah, yeah. So it was called change ringing. Back in the day, rural churches, they got really competitive with change ringing and they would have like the different churches come together and ring their best, you know? And the winners would get either a good hat or a pair of gloves as a prize. That's a good deal. Right? A good hat. A good hat. I'd like to have a guaranteed (laughs) stamped good hat. Sure. Maybe Uh, it was one of those beavers. Tight stitch. Nice tight stitch. Yeah. (laughs) Um, 
In the 1800s, ringing began to lower in social esteem. And they, the guys that like were, they were like in the churches, right? Mm -hmm. Like doing all the ringing, but they would be like up there and swearing and smoking. And they'd have a barrel of beer down in the tower. That was like normal. It was like, it became kind of like a hangout for like the CD people in town. But you needed the bells rung, but then you had to deal with these guys, right? But then in the Victorian reform, they got rid of the rowdy drunks. They even allowed women to join. And they, and, what? And they, they yeah, and they named uh, tower captains that kept all the bad dudes out. Like there was like a, there was a bell ringer in charge. Wait, why were so many bad dudes getting into the towers in the first place? So it was like this thing where you were paid a shilling to ring the bells and then bell ringing became really popular. And because you could make money off of it. Yeah, but like, but you like the clergy wasn't doing it. They were doing the church stuff. So yeah. it was like, it was a way to make money. And then everybody kind of expected it and like loved it. And it was like beautiful. And it was new at the time. Like they were saying like when change ringing started, there would be like, it was 5,040 different tones would be hit Whoa. before they like got back to regular. So you, you go, you go from that, from like just a regular, like ding dong, it's yeah. church time. To five, over 5,000. And so, so it was like, I don't know, it just got kind of overrun by these like shitty guys. Yeah. It sounded like they were having fun. And then they would like fight with the clergy and they'd be like, you need us. And they'd be like, they're right. <laughs> they're right. We do need you. Um, something else that was interesting in, is during World War II in England, they did not ring any church bells at all unless mm. it was um, an invading army was coming. Oh, so there's like this total church bell silence thing, which they used oh. to be ringing like all the fucking time. Yeah, right. So that was a big deal when that ended. Oh, that's crazy. And then in the 2012 Olympics and in London, they made, uh, it was a 23 ton, it was the world's largest harmonically tuned bell in the world. Wait, wait, which year is this? This is in the 2012 Olympics. Did you look at a video of it? I saw a frame of a video of it. It's big boy. (laughs) (laughs) Poor girl. Um, Sounds pretty big. The biggest old harmonically tuned bell in the world. You know, we have a pretty famous bell here in Philadelphia. I know, but it didn't make the cut. <laughs> I say that. Yeah. I, I was actually waiting for a little bit of uh, Liberty Bell shit, but I guess everyone's tired of that. Well, I mean. It's got the crack. It's the crack in there. All right. The other little bit of fun facts that I have is about like the magic of bells. There's a lot of, there's a lot of like superstition and stuff like that about oh, bells, right? I did not know that. Yeah. So... Like every time a bell rings, an, an angel, angel gets, gets its, its wings. wings. Yeah, like that. Well, sort of. Oh. Um, they've it's it's been believed for a really long time that they repel witches, evil spirits, and the devil himself. Oh, okay. It also wards off the evil eye. Do you know about the evil eye? Yeah. Is it the that that blue thing? Well, oh, that wards off evil eyes. Well. Like, cause you like, like, yes. like, like gypsies can give an evil eye, right? Yes. So it's a superstitious curse mm-hmm. um, that it started in Greece and it was believed to be cast by a malevolent glare. Yeah. And usually given to a person who was unaware. And then they, they think, a lot of people think that uh, if you receive the evil eye, you will get misfortune or injury. But and you could protect yourself with those with blue stones, Those are also right? called evil eyes. They're called the Naz, a Nazar charm. Right. And look, I actually brought, my friend BK brought, sent me this. Um, oh, from Istanbul. This oh, I see it there thing. in the left. Right, yeah. yeah. So these are really cool. popular. And they're really popular in Turkey, which that's, 
BK's She's from Turkish, Turkey, right? yeah. and I'm part Turkish, so I am the evil eye. You're part Turkish? I am. I'm like 6% Turkish. Oh, my Isn't sister's uh, honeymoon was in Istanbul. Really? Yeah. Cool. <laughs> cool. Cool. So cool stuff. I didn't know you were part Turkish. Yeah. I'm, oh. I'm, neither did my whole family until my Uncle Frank got his uh like oh, one DNA of those things. Test. Yeah. But then I got mine too and it backed it up. Oh, really? Yeah. I know. I know now you, the I government, know you did that. Well, my mom got a free one from the Borgata, so I took it. But oh, now dude, I'm in the system. I'm fucked. I know. Dude, yeah. They're going to make a cyborg out of you matter. in no time. I, uh, they can have it. I've yeah. already been catfished. Oh, you have? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Somebody, did I ever tell you about somebody made a fake internet account about me? Um, and then they like started a romantic relationship with this girl who then got in contact with me what? later and then was like, I'm so glad you introduced me to Explosions in the Sky. I love that. And then I was like, I started listening to Explosions <laughs> in the Sky after she told me from my, so from my cat really? <laughs> Yeah, we figured it oh out. I found, the, I found the fake profile and everything. Wow. Yeah. I have vague recollection. This is like 2012 or 11 or... I mean, the pictures were from like, yeah, when we lived in Greenwich. Like when we had in like cat, 2010. We yeah. had like, a, I mean, streets like young, I mean. Yes. Yeah, pictures Whoa. of me in streets and... Weird. I do yeah, remember that It is bit. weird. Yeah. Okay. Well, at least, you know, you learned something. I've been catfished. All right. So look, here's the other thing. Bells. They've also been used for fertility charms mm. and people wore them on their ding-dongs during certain <laughs> rites. And I was thinking... <laughs> What yeah. if that's where Ding Dong comes from in reference to the peni? Oh, sure. Because it's a fertility bell that you wear on your wiener. But where, like where in the world? No, no. <laughs> I, it just said certain rights. Certain. I, this is a fun fact. I can't do too many deep dives on okay, the Okay, that's facts. true. All right, so it is possible that maybe ding dong for your weenus comes from <laughs> wearing a bell for fertility Makes rights. Makes sense to me. Okay. Yeah. I see that as being a possibility. Yeah. Um, they also think that it could raise the spirit, raise the spirits of dead and fairies. And then I like this one in witch trials. They accuse the witches, uh, being tested, like, like the witches on trial. They were Mm -hmm. like, uh, if they were flying through the air to get to a Sabbath. Yeah. Do you know, do you know what Sabbath is? Cause I had to look that up. It's like a witch orgy with demons and all that stuff. Right. Um, if you rang the, the church bells and stuff, then it would throw them to the ground. In the middle, like when they were. On oh, that the would way be frustrating the, if you were on your way to a Sabbath and you got yeah. thrown to the ground. Especially if your broom stopped working, you know. Oh God! Try getting After those that. back up in the air. Yeah, there were some. There were some things where I found that, like, uh, they said that like some bells they thought could um, talk or ring on their own or sweat blood if there was like an invasion in their community. I'd like one of those. In medieval Europe, they believe that church bells actually traveled to Rome on Good Friday, but you weren't allowed to look. You had, everyone had to stay inside yeah, so that you didn't witness the flight of the bells from the belfries because if you if you saw them, like then they wouldn't do it, and then it would be bad luck for the community. Wow, I've never heard of that. Flight of the bells, that's cool. I know, they're all flying to Rome. To Rome. Little bell... Like, what's it called when people meet up? A bell meet up? Bell, I don't know. I guess I don't know what word you're talking about. Yeah, like a, you, you, Con- like, you have like a conference of bells. Yeah, bell conference. Yeah. Uh, another thing that I think we all kind of get a little bit, we, we see is that, you know, shopkeepers hang bells on the thresholds of their doors. Sure. And it's not only to alert them when a person's coming in, but it's also to keep evil spirits from entering the premises. That's why they do that. Mm-hmm. All right. The last thing I had was there's this thing called the necromantic bell of Girardius, yeah. 18th century French 
Okay, that sounds awesome. Yeah, like so let's say let's say you're an eighteenth century French person, right? And you're gonna yeah. have a baby, right? Oof. And you're like, I want them to be able to use this necromancer's bell. Yeah. So they would cast it from gold, silver, and mercury and iron and tin and all this stuff on the exact day and hour of the birth of like the person who's intent. So like, when your babies like do it, you would like make them this necromancy bell. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah. And then it was like inscribed with astrological symbols and these magic words like Adonai Jesus and the Tetragrammaton. And, uh, and then it was uh, wrapped in green taffeta and placed in the middle of a grave in a cemetery. And it was left there for seven days. And then during that time, it absorbed certain vibrations and emanations. And at the end of the week, the bell was properly cured for the necromancy rituals. So your baby could use that when they grow up and they like want to do dead shit. <laughs> I don't totally get it. It's like okay, so you're. What do you do? What are you doing with the bell? You're like a witch guy. You love like dead stuff. Oh, it's like an evil bell. Yeah, the necromantic bell of Geratus. Yeah, I think it sounds pretty evil. How do how do people even know to do that? What do you mean? It's like like people make shit up. It's like a. Have you seen? Did you find any pictures of this? Well, no. You can. It's not just one bell. Like you can make it for for like if you plan to have like a witch baby. Yeah, that's. Uh, I guess I've never heard of that. A French witch baby. I've never heard of it either. That's why I'm talking about it right now. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> it's very awesome. Like, imagine that's your birth gift. Yeah, here's a witch bell. You're like, here's you're a baby like, witch bell. Hey, you're 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 12 now. It's like time to use your witch bell. Go summon the dead. Oh, well, I don't know. It sounds pretty cool. Definitely. I just I can't believe it. I guess. <laughs> I mean, to talk to the French. <laughs> All right, we're gonna be calling a French this week. You've that's heard it. it here first. Oh, and that's the way the cookie crumbles. Uh, that's that's, that's what, a that's, wrap. <laughs> there you go. All right, everyone. Well, we hope you had a happy New Year's. And listen, if you didn't, if it sucked like every other New Year's, yeah, who don't, cares? don't read into it so much. Right. Every New Year's fucking sucks. Yeah. So what are you so upset about? Yeah. Just and, get over it. And maybe next year, just... Do what we've all been thinking about doing forever, which is just like, don't go out. Don't do anything. Just sit at home, bake a pie, watch a movie. Go to bed before 12. And relax. And then you just get to wake up. And then the morning ritual, that's actually the celebration of the new year. You make your coffee. Right. You have your... You get your bell. Damn and jam. You ring your bell. What do we say that this Damn is Damn and jam? Ham and John? Ham and John. I, I can't... Ham and Jimmy? What's the thing? with the Jimmy John. I can't Jimmy remember. I already, I already forget. <laughs> Well, anyway, the, the good thing about this year is like, you know, you don't have to go right back to school. So that's nice. That's that applies to very few people. Well, and work. I mean, people, you know, people like this is this is how New Year should fall this way every single oh, year. If it happens on a Friday, then you get fucking Saturday. Yeah, we should just make Sunday. December 20 December 32nd, December 33rd, December 34th, whatever we can do to make it so January 1st. That would be fun. Is on a Friday. That would be fun. I'm I'm ready. I'm fine with it. Right. I don't care. I don't care how many days are in December. Me neither. We need to be so strict because of the sun or whatever. Yeah. We're God. God. All right, everyone. Uh, so, hey. Hey. Um, seed. Seed. What does that mean? Hey, seed. Oh, hey, seed. Hey, seed. Bumpkin. So, uh, yeah, if you guys have any questions or you want to um, yell at us about anything, you can email us at don'tbeanidiom at gmail.com. 
Um, if you if it's if you can, and you're on Apple Podcasts and you want to give us a rating with the stars and a little comment, it helps out a lot. I noticed that a lot of you have done that. We really appreciate that. Keep it up. Yeah, and you know what we could do? It just takes one second. It helps know, us out. You know what we could do with that? Why mm. don't we do one of those things where you start a story? You give us a five-star review, and then you start writing a story. Oh, I like that. Right? We'll finish. Like, we'll do the next five words. Ryan and Albert were naked, and then... And then yeah, and then, we'll do and a then, sentence. And then... No, no, like other people oh, can read that. I and then that. it And then it takes off, and you can insult us. You can berate us, whatever it is. I love as that. long as it comes with the five-star. <laughs> And then, you know what? I don't think I've ever heard anybody... This is a new idea This is a, great, it's a very new... This is fresh. Tell your friends. Okay, so... The rolling someone review. Out there, someone out there, start it. Yep. And then we'll just get all the Don't Be Nidian listeners out there to continue it. And uh, New York Times will not know what hit them. Because <laughs> they will not see, hear, or feel it. <laughs> but fucking do it. Like, seriously. Somebody go out there and do it. And if... You know what we'll do? If... If, it, if, if it's a little stale for a couple of days or whatever, then we'll we'll <laughs> add a little something. We'll add a little something under an alias. We should just do alias reviews. What are we doing? No, no, no. That's not how you do it. And then you'll pick it up. You'll yeah. get you you you're in between breakfast yeah. and lunch. You'll pick it and up. And then one of you sends it to New York Times, and then they'll know what. And happened. then they'll know. <laughs> and then they'll be like, "Oh, okay. This is the we put this on the front page." And then tell them we're not interested. No. A little reverse psychology there. I like that. (laughs) Don't tell him that part. (laughs) All right. I don't know. Fuck. Well, until next time. Don't Don't be be an idiot. idiot. My mama always said that you shouldn't write a song before a party. My mama always said that you shouldn't write a song before a party. Daddy always said you were fool to write a song before a party. My daddy always said you were fool to write a song before a party.